Turn to James chapter 4, James chapter 4, and we're going to look tonight uh, just strictly in verses 13 through 17. So let's go ahead and read the passage here. James 4 verse 13, the Bible says, Go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's pray together and ask God to just help us as we dig into the Bible tonight. Uh, Father, we ask you together as we're meeting and hearing your word over the internet that you would please meet with us. I pray that your word would um, make sense to us. I pray, God, that you would help us to understand, and I pray you'd give us wisdom. Lord, there's so much that's happened so quickly in our world, and I pray that what your word says here would give us some helpful uh, insights, some, some things that are important to you. Help us have your perspective for our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so uh, over the past several weeks, we've been doing church now online, and life has dramatically changed. It's, it's amazing how quickly everything's changed in the world, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's, it's just changed so rapidly, and it's just left all of our heads spinning. We're just kind of bewildered at how crazy and different things can be. Um, it, it's, it's funny how quickly life can get turned upside down. And uh, I want to share with you just some things that, that I've been thinking about uh, that goes right in hand with this passage. So last October... Uh, the pastoral staff, we have every year a special work retreat. Uh, it's, it's not much of a retreat, it's more work. And we get away and we plan and we strategize. And we went for this two-day working retreat. We discussed ideas. Uh, we discussed in depth and labored over strategies for church and how to reach our community. Uh, and we worked our brains for hours on end. I mean, we thought and we talked and we prayed and we laughed. And uh, the end result of that two-day meeting was a 2020 church calendar. And uh, this is no ordinary 2020 church calendar. This is a Fellowship Baptist Church calendar. And in my office right now is hanging up a six-foot by three foot dry erase calendar. I've got every single ministry date, every single event, every meeting, every baptism, everything that was planned is on a calendar in my wall. Uh, every month in this year has been planned out. Uh, it was double checked, it was budgeted for, and it was discussed at length. And then as the year began, we spent hours, I'm saying hours, promoting Hours in meetings, discussing and, and preparing with our ministry leaders and volunteers about these uh, things that we're trying to do in ministry. Uh, we spent hours away from our families with the purpose and the goal of following through with all of our plans. 
And then, as you know, March came along. And we heard a few words we've never heard before. At least I haven't. Coronavirus. That was a new one. COVID-19. Social distancing. A word that now seems like we just hear it all day long. Social distance. Social distance. It was new just a couple months ago. Stay-at-home orders. And what happened to our plans was that every single plan was shattered. Every calendar that we have is cleared. My home calendar, the church calendar, everything was wiped away in an instant. And, and, and we, we really weren't expecting this at all. My point in discussing this tonight is that coronavirus is just one example of how life has a way of turning upside down at a moment's notice. See, COVID-19, this coronavirus, it's affected us all. Uh, We can relate to it right now. It's very clear in our minds how fast life can change. But maybe there are other events in your life that are similar to the coronavirus. Other things that have happened to you that you can relate to. I know that there are some that have experienced unexpected death. Serious medical diagnosis. Many of you had a job one day, and the next day you didn't have a job. You name it, we all face unexpected calendar-killing events. So the question I want to answer tonight is this. How can a Christian move forward when everything they plan gets erased in an instant? See, life in its very nature is uncertain, and in the book of James, Uh, It's a very practical book. We're going to come to this letter written to some Christians. And and James is all about living out the teachings of Scripture. You see, I I believe that the Bible talks about how we should respond to COVID-19. How we should respond when life is changed and we're disappointed, when plans are changed. I mean, some of you spent hours and hours and hundreds of dollars, maybe even thousands of dollars, planning vacations, planning trips all to find out that they were canceled, that time we can never, ever get back again. But in this practical book, uh, James, he shoots straight, and he gets down to these challenges of how we live. And uh, in James chapter 4, in the passage we just read, there's a group of people that I can relate to. Verse 13 describes my kind of people, and maybe you're that kind of people, the planners, the strategizers. Uh, th- those that they, they look forward and they try to plan out each day and each week and each month and you've got to know where you're going. Well, James has some very direct things to say to them uh, and, and we're going to take a look at those and here's how we're going to look at it. These are five things to think about when your plans get killed. Five considerations tonight that are spoken about in these verses. Uh, let's go ahead and reread verse 13. James says, he says, go to now. Now, if we're just reading this here, we think he's saying, I want you to do something right now. Well, this phrase here in in the Greek is simply saying, listen up, pay attention. And then he's going to describe the people he's talking to. He's saying, you've got to listen. You've got to pay attention. Those of you that are saying, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. The first thing we need to consider is our plans. Consider your plans. 
you know, we make confident plans many times. We're just so confident that uh, what we say is going to happen is going to happen. We, we encourage others that our plans are going to happen. We make specific plans. We, we set career paths. We know which job we want to have, where we want to work, how much money we're going to make. We set business goals. We all make plans to buy things, plans to sell things. And we may have plans to make money, just like these Christians in verse number 13. And I want to say, this is a normal thing to do. It's natural. But God is going to have some choice words through this letter of James. And he calls these people and what they're doing, making confident plans and leaving God out. He is going to call them boasters in verse 16. Means arrogant. That means they're making confident plans without considering God in their plans. Uh, And I think as we have already experienced this upside down uh, flipping of our calendars to where everything is wiped clear, God is giving us an opportunity to step back and consider these things, to think about them. Uh, You know, are you a planner? Uh, Do you like to make detailed plans? I I wonder if you have all of the day tomorrow planned out. Uh, If you're like me, today seemed like it went by so fast. It just, uh, it started and, and now the end of the day is almost here. But I like to make detailed plans. And James reminds these Christians to notice what they're doing. He says, listen up. You guys are making confident plans. You're so sure of what you're going to do. And we need to uh, consider our plans. The next consideration is this. In verse 14, James says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. He says, consider this. Consider the uncertainty of tomorrow. Wow. Have you even thought about the fact that you may not have tomorrow? That's very serious. Uh, That's very weighty. And I pause so you could think about that for a moment. He's, he's calling out to these people, and it's, it's such a passionate, uh, in-your-face letter. He said, you guys are making plans. You, 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 you say you know what you're going to do tomorrow or the next week or the next week. But the truth is, if you, if you get down to the truth, the truth is that tomorrow has a quality about it. And that quality is that it is uncertain. Tomorrow is uncertain. You, you can have no confidence about it. Uh, have you ever uh, been a person to worry about the future? Maybe thinking down the road makes you anxious uh, or you're overwhelmed about what might be. The truth is, is that tomorrow is never promised to be as good as today. And tomorrow is never promised to be as bad as today. Tomorrow is an uncertainty. We never know. That's why every day we have new news. Something is coming up on the news. Maybe something new we never heard before. There was a day where it was the day before we heard the word coronavirus. It was the day before we heard a diagnosis about someone in our family, or you heard a bad news or something happened terribly. It was the day before a car accident, a day before you got a new job, the day before. Uh, Tomorrow is uncertain. That means that we have no ability to really place our confidence in it. Think about that. That's a, that's a warning from Scripture. It's something we should consider. Uh, several years ago, I read a book uh, that I loved. It was so helpful for me. It was called One Month to Live. 
One Month to Live. It's still on sale on Amazon. You can find it. And uh, this book asks the question, how differently would you live if you knew that your last day on earth were one month from today? What would you do differently? Think about that. If you only had one month to live, and obviously the scripture is saying that we don't know if we have one day to live, but that puts things into perspective. And I, I believe God is, he's granted us this opportunity. And I really think it's an opportunity that you should take to think, to consider, to, to step back from life, look around and say, have I thought about this? Am I living my life in, in, with these truths uh, affecting how I live? Maybe you grant forgiveness to someone you're distant from. You know, many families are finding that there's more time together. Uh, and even now, as, as we've been apart from our best friends, we're, we're wishing that we could get back together. Maybe you would focus more on your relationships. Would you spend time on the same things you spent your time on today? If you knew that tomorrow was your last or 30 days from now was your last, how would your attitude have changed? Would you look at things differently? You know, I asked if, if you ever get anxious or worried about the future. Jesus encouraged us, and he was so clear. He said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And, and that simply means that there's enough trouble today to deal with today. And many of us are anxious and upset and angry, maybe sometimes bitter. Sometimes we're short with those that we love, all because we're worried about something that's going to happen tomorrow. Now, I'm not saying you should never ever consider tomorrow because there's much in the Bible about being wise. But you have to realize that tomorrow is an uncertainty. You never, ever, ever know what's going to happen. So consider the uncertainty of tomorrow. James continues in verse 14. He said, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? That's, that's a question. What is your life? I mean, what, what is it made of? What's the substance of it? What, is, what are the qualities that make up your life? And he answers the question. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. He uses the, uh, the picture, the illustration of smoke. Uh, maybe you make tea and you see the steam come off your tea or your coffee or your Starbucks. But it's the idea of that steam or that smoke that appears for a second and you see it, but it's so short. It's short-lived. Uh, our, our next consideration is simply to consider the brevity of your life. Not only is tomorrow uncertain, but life itself is very fragile. Life is brief. Life is like a vapor. You only get one life, and it goes by so quickly. And when you take into consideration the fact that not only is tomorrow uncertain, the Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The Bible talks about it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. There's an appointment, and none of us knows when the appointment is. But the thing is, James is encouraging us in this whole book. If you read this letter, it'll change you if you follow it because he's encouraging him to live the truths of Scripture. So many times we're just distracted. We, we, we're just going through life as if every day is going to come. The next one's going to come and the next one's going to come. And things I need to get right, I'll get right on the next day. But the truth is tomorrow's uncertain and your life is brief and short and you only get one. And James's main point of this section of his letter is to address the arrogance of the people. 
I don't want to call you arrogant, and I don't want anyone to call me arrogant, but he says, listen to this, those of us that would move forward in life, that would just plan and make plans without ever acknowledging that God is uh, is sovereign in our life, and that maybe God should be considered, if we don't acknowledge him, uh, that that's a very arrogant way to live our life. We need to consider the brevity of our life. It's as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Uh, we, we think of this most when we uh, hear of someone passing away. Uh, maybe we haven't talked to in a long time and we think, man, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. And, and that's something, uh, those are regrets we have. We've always got to reset our focus on, on life in these things. We've got to consider how important life is. I, I wonder when was the last time you just intentionally thought about your life, uh, thought about how you're spending it, evaluated how you uh, spend your time. You know, we all have the same amount of time in a day. I, I wonder if you're spending your life intentionally. I, I wonder if you're valuing the time you have. You know, uh, may, maybe it's uh, we've made wasteful, careless uh, spending of our time. We need to evaluate that. We need to think about that, especially now when we have some time to do so. And then James moves into this verse, verse 15. So he says to them, y'all are making plans and you're not considering God. And by the way, you don't even know tomorrow is going to happen. And your life is so short, it's like a vapor. Here's what you should be doing. He says in verse 15, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. He's saying you need to consider God's will. Do you, do you not realize that God has a say in your life if you're a believer? The Bible says we're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Your life is God's, and you ought to acknowledge him. Uh, in Psalms 75, uh, listen, listen to this, Psalm 75, verse number 6. Uh, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. Colossians 1.17 tells us this, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Uh, that means God is sovereign. We've got to deal with the issue of God's sovereignty when we're considering God's will in our life. The fact that God, he is the one that holds it all together. Uh, you know, when asking the question, how do the planets spin the way they spin? How do they stay up there in the sky? How do you continue breathing each breath? The Bible is absolutely clear that we get to continue what we're doing simply because of the sovereign will of God. And that's why it's so arrogant to just consider that I've got this and I'm confident in my plans in, inside of myself. We have to realize what he's saying here. We have to consider God's will. It's an issue of recognizing God's sovereignty. Do we live as if our very next breath depends upon God? Do we live as in the reality that God is involved in our life, that he affects our lives? And the other issue of considering God's will is an issue of our submission, an issue of our submission. You know, it's not enough to simply acknowledge that God is sovereign. Like, God, we understand you, you're handling things. Following God's will means that we're concerned, personally concerned about doing what he wants. That's what God's will is. 
God's will is what he wants. And if you want to answer the easy question of the night, how do we find out what God wants? Go ahead, put it in the comments. It's right here. It's God's word. And, and we, listen, I understand that many of us have been in church our entire lives. We've been saved for years. But some of you are watching are new. Listen, God, uh, his will for you is found in the Bible. And what he wants is for you to listen and, and read and then put into place what he has told us in his word. So many Christians or people that call themselves Christians know God's word, but they don't follow God's word. So the question is, what does God want you to do tomorrow? What does he want you to do tomorrow? Do you know? Better yet, have you asked him what he wants you to do tomorrow? Is there something you read today in the Bible that God has told you to do that you need to do today or tomorrow? What have you learned from the Bible you need to put into practice? This is uh, where it gets very serious as we have time to contemplate our lives. When it comes to your career, what you're doing for your life, how you're making a living, have you considered asking God, God, why did you create me? What do you want me to do? Uh, I, I remember asking myself that question in college, and I think it's a dangerous question to ask because many of us maybe aren't willing to make the sacrifices necessary or, or make a change. Uh, it's difficult to change from one career to maybe something else God is asking you to do. Maybe it's something God wants you to start doing or something God wants you to stop doing. We, the Bible says we ought to say, if the Lord wills, if God wants, we'll live and do this or we'll do that. Uh, our, our prayers, many times our prayers selfishly for what we want to do, but we don't consider asking God, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want my family to do? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to, to do this? Uh, a verse that many Christians hold to, but we forget. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You know, maybe our issue is an issue of trust. Um, we don't follow and obey because we're not so sure we can trust God uh, with our lives. You know, that, that's a major issue um, but God gave his all for us. He, he's the one who created us, loved us, died for us. We can trust him. And the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't follow your own way of thinking. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. God is intending to direct your paths. He's intending to, to chart your course, to, to, to take you where he wants to take you. But it's your responsibility and my responsibility to acknowledge. You know, um, sometimes at home, uh, I don't always acknowledge either my kids or my wife, and uh, that doesn't work out well. Uh, when your kids are calling your name, I know parents right now, you're at home. Many of you have young kids at home like mine, and they can call your name all the time. They, daddy, 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 come here, daddy, come here, daddy, come here. Sometimes you're occupied or preoccupied, right? And... Uh, what does it mean to acknowledge? It means to, to turn and, and focus on them and say, yes, what can I do for you? What do you need? The Bible tells us we ought to acknowledge God. And, and it's very possible that God is sitting here calling your name. Maybe he's saying, Chris, 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 or whatever your name is. And he's calling your name and he's saying to you, 
I've got something for you to do. I've got something for you to do. I've got something for you to do. And we've tuned, tuned him out. And we've, we've turned him off. And we're not acknowledging anymore. The Bible says, In everything, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. It's to consider God's will. To say, God, if you will, I'll do this. If you will, I'll do that. Whatever you want, want me to do, that is what I will do. And that's, that's something that we need to consider right now. Is are we, can you say, are, are you in your career, for example, are you following a path that's simply led by your ambition and maybe your selfishness or maybe something your mom or your dad uh, told you you should do? Or have you ever stopped to consider and just ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Uh, when it comes to your scheduling, uh, who you have to your house, where you go for social events, which is nowhere right now. Uh, but when the time comes, do you ask God what he wants you to do? Many times we retreat to our homes when there is no quarantine and, and don't open up ourselves and be hospitable when God says we should. Uh, many, many times we should serve someone, but it's just an inconvenience to our time. We have to realize that our schedule is not our schedule. Our time is not our time. Our life is not our life. It's God's. We, we give it to God and, and we surrender to Him. It's an issue of submission where we consider God's will. I wonder if you can confidently say today that you're doing God's will with confidence. Could you stand up and declare, I am right now doing what God wants me to do. If not, I would ask you to consider his will. Ask him, pray, read the Bible, figure out what he wants you to do and to do it. Uh, the, the final consideration that we see here in this passage is in the last two verses. Let's look in verse 16. Uh, James continues, he says, but now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Uh, he, he tells them that, listen, you are so confident and you're even so excited. You're rejoicing in your confident, boastful plans that you know what you're going to do, when you're going to do it. He said, that is evil. You're not considering God. And then in verse 17, there's a verse that's uh, very interesting. Verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Here's our last consideration is to simply consider the direction you're going. Uh, in this passage, these men were going a direction that was selfish, self-centered. It was a direction that they thought was great, and they completely forgot and completely ignored God and what He wanted them to do. And he says, you know what? James says that is evil. That is not the way you should be doing things. And he says, you know what? If there's something that God's telling you to do, and you know it to be good, you know it to be right, and you're not doing it, to him it is, fill in the blank, sin. To him it is sin. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is, it is sin. When we think of, of sin, we often think of the things God says not to do, the lines we should not cross, don't do this, don't do that. But sin is not only things that we shouldn't do. When we do them, we, we commit sin. Sin is when we don't do the things God tells us we should do. And, and maybe you're falling into that category. Listen, if you're saved, 
The good thing about sin is that Christ died for your sin. He's forgiven your sin. He's thrown it. As far as the east is from the west, it's, it's removed from him. It's removed from us. It's no longer applied to your account. But there's this thing we need to realize is that Christians, disciples, followers of Christ continue in his word. Uh, the blessing in James talks about how it's not um, in the matter of hearing the word only, but it's in doing the word. And there's some things that we know we should be doing and we're not doing. And you know what? I believe right now that that's not something that I need to even make a list about. I don't need to make a list of things that Christians generally don't do that they should be doing. I know that, that God is able to speak to your heart and tell you what it is that you should be doing that you're not doing. And I encourage you to consider your direction. If you're right now going a selfish way, you have but one uh, step to turn the other direction and go the direction that God wants you to go. The Bible said if you acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Listen, is it possible, just consider it, is it possible that you have a direction you're following in that doesn't include God's direction? If you're going God's way and you're walking with him, that's fantastic. But I know that if Christians here in this time we're dealing with this, Christians in, in our time are dealing with this, you know, you can turn back to God, change your direction. Um, in this time of quarantine, we have a stay-at-home order. Thankfully, retail stores, I think, have opened back up. Pretty soon you'll get to go eat in your favorite restaurant while social distancing and all of those other things that have just turned our world upside down. But right now, most of us have a clear schedule. Our evenings are freer than they have ever been before. We have more time to do the things that we want to do. And I truly believe that God has given us this time to consider these things. To consider the fact that our plans may be selfish plans. Maybe, maybe we're just moving forward in life without considering God. Maybe you need to consider the fact that tomorrow is uncertain. It's, it's completely uncertain. I will look at planning meetings so differently now uh, than I did before. When we spend hours and hours and hours planning, and I do believe that planning is important, but I, will, I, I hope that I won't forget, uh, and I hope that I won't forget the lesson that this time teaches us, that no matter how much you plan, no matter how much you have a confidence in tomorrow, that God is still sovereign, that tomorrow is absolutely uncertain, and it could change in a moment's notice. And the fact that your life is so brief and short that we have to value our life. And we ought to just consider, what does God want us to do with today? If tomorrow is uncertain, our life is brief, what does God want us to do today? And we ought to do it. Uh, let's ask God to help us to uh, take on his perspective of these things, the coronavirus, our lives, and uh, we'll, I, I think we'll be a lot better for it.